My name is Pam McKay and I'm the storyteller for The Other Side. This is a story that I was told and it was called The Window. Here I am sitting in my chair as usual and nobody takes any notice. I scream out all the time because that is the only way I can communicate and let people know that I am still here. I've been in a wheelchair most of my life. When did it begin? I don't remember. My body aches all the time, but no one listens. They think because I can't talk, I don't know what's going on. If they only knew. Every day of my life, it's been the same. Someone gets me out of the bed and dumps him in a bath of water. Sometimes it's nice and warm, but most of the times it's cold. I can't tell those people. They think it's acceptable to just do what they think is right and they towel dry me with no dignity. They dress me with much the same attitude. I have learned to blank life out, but I keep on making as much noise as I can because I'm afraid if I stop, people will forget I'm alive. Mum called in today, as she does every day. She holds me and treats me like a human being and I know how she yearns for me to put my arms around her and tell her how much I love her. Mum didn't want to leave me here, but she's getting old now and she is very small and can no longer lift me out in and out of the bed. She stays with me most of the day and it's funny that she's like me. Nobody seems to see her anymore. She just blends in the background. Like me, she's like a clockwork. She comes every day at quarter past ten and leaves at quarter past three. She likes to get home before dark. She's getting ready to leave now. Oh, how I would like to tell her how much I love her and how much I appreciate for all she's gone through for me. When my father found out that I was brain damaged, he walked out and never come back. It's always been me and mum. I sit here and watch her quietly walk away unnoticed. I've wet myself again. I have a nappy on, but it soon gets full up. I will have to wait until someone remembers I'm here and takes me for the evening bath and then bed. It's morning again and the nurse has just come in. I'm glad that one morning is much the same as any other. I just lay there enjoying the extra time in bed. A knock comes on my door and a man walks in. He looks very nice, but not very old. I think straight away, will he notice me? He looks at my chair at the end of the bed, smiles and comes towards me. He says, did you have a good night's sleep, Tommy? I thought I must be dreaming. So I screamed out, making all those strange noises, trying to tell him at least someone is taking notice. He grabs for my hand that I've been waving around like a friggin' idiot and smiles at me again, saying, we will have you out of this bed in 10 minutes, washed and ready for breakfast, Tommy. I could not believe my ears and true to his word, I was up, dressed and sitting at the table with other people waiting for my breakfast. I sat patiently waiting Everyone seemed to be talking the same time. I tried to listen to what was going on. I kept hearing the name James, the new superintendent. I wondered if that was the same person that came into my bedroom. 
Breakfast came and went, and I kept very quiet. I did not want to miss anything or any of the conversation. I felt someone pull on my chair and touch my head. Did you enjoy your breakfast? I didn't know what to say. It was such a surprise. My arms and legs started to wave round like a bloody idiot. He told me his name was James. As he wheeled my wheelchair to the window and said, I hope you like the window, Tommy. James left me by the window and for the first time I got to look out of the world, out into the world. I prayed nobody would wheel me away. Everyone used to leave me to look at the wall before, but today it was different. I watched people walking around. There was also a dog in the ground on the grounds and people eating lunch and talking to each other. What a wonderful thought, I thought. Please don't shut me off again. James came and got me and touched my head again with a very loving hand. He said, are you ready for lunch, Tommy? I got so excited that my hands and legs started to wave again. I felt like a bloody idiot. James didn't seem to mind. Lunch came and went. And I waited and waited. And once again, I felt my chair being turned around. And there was James. This time he bent down in front of me and said, how would you like to go for a stroll with me? And off we went. My bloody arms went waving like an idiot. He turned my chair around and we both, as we both went out into the corridor together. I was so proud of James. We left the long corridor and went into the garden. James turned me around and sat on the bench beside me. He said to me, have you wondered why your mother hasn't been here for the last two days? I thought, bloody hell, I forgot about mum with all the excitement. What will she think of me and where is she? Just at that moment, I had a real bad feeling. I'd been so preoccupied with what was going on, I was ashamed to say I forgot about my mum. Where is she? I wanted to shout, but I only screamed comes out. James said, your mother has been, been not been very well. She had to go into hospital, but she's okay. He seemed to know what he was he seemed to know what I was thinking. He said, do you want me to take you to see her? I could not believe what I was hearing. Why had it taken so long for a kind person to understand that although we cannot communicate, we have feelings? These feelings, feelings turn into hatred of life itself and you seem to get lost into nothing. You feel nothing, you hear nothing, you are nothing. Thank you, James, as life has just begun. James asked me, would you like to go tomorrow? It was as, th as though he knew what I was thinking. I was not screaming anymore and my arms were no longer waving around. We just sat there together looking at the flowers and the trees and watching the people. I had not known such peace for a long time. Tomorrow I will see my mother and what else would tomorrow bring? I don't know, but I am looking forward to it. I have never had a tomorrow before. I have always lived for today. James had made, made me think of the future. And yes, I have a voice for a small time. Long enough to make people aware that if you see people like me in the streets or in a private hospital, please don't think we are idiots. We are aware of everything around us. 
we just cannot communicate. It is not such a wonderful place that people like me find ourselves into or living in. It can be a living hell. I'm telling you this story from the other side. I know a few of you will understand about transforming thoughts from one entity to another. Both entities have to be compatible and understanding. I think this person I thank this person for giving me the opportunity of telling my story, which has not yet finished. I'm glad to say. James took me to see my mother the following day, and she was so pleased to see me. I did not wave my arms around only once to try to reach her hand. I need not have worried. James understood what I was trying to say. He told Mum, Tommy has been so excited all night, looking forward to seeing you. Mum smiled. He sat down beside me, her bed, and told her all about our venture in the garden. She looked over and smiled at me. James touched Mum's hand with so much kindness and then told her, Please don't worry about Tommy. I will always look after him. He did, and Mum passed away two months later. I was so sorry to see her go. I miss her so much, but James said that life must go on, and it did. Two years, two years later, James got me into commission house. A house where other people like me stayed, but I'm glad to say so did James. I lived for another two years after that, and I passed away on August 31st. James will always be with me, and I miss him very much. But I also know while James is there, there's hope for other people like myself. I end this story with hope that we all have a James somewhere in the future. God bless them. <laughs>